Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reinhold Show, we talk about PTs learning from chiropractors, we talk about the future of busy physical therapy clinics, and we talk about counterforce bracing for epicondylitis. The Ask Mike Reinhold Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reinhold Show. I am here at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston. I'm here with Lenny Macrina, Dan Pope, Dave Tilly, and Jojo Coplo from, from Stony Brook University. I'm glad, thank you for wearing that shirt, <laughs> identifying that for me. Uh, our PT extra, student extraordinaire from Stony Brook. So, um, how's it going? Hey, welcome back, you guys. Dave and Dan, by the Nailed way, it. were at Power Monkey Fitness Camp all last week, and we Lenny and I were distraught with with right. our with. We, we had to talk to each other. It was, yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> I, we haven't talked to each other in forever. That was awful. Um, but we we had a uh, we had a very quiet week without the Popester and the the Tillster. We haven't uh, we haven't figured out that yet. Um, but how was it, guys? Tell us about Power Monkey Camp. We had a blast, man. Just a lot of it's just fun. It was nice weather. There's a lot of smart people. You get to learn a lot while you're there. And yeah. there's some pretty cool athletes we got to work with. And then, uh, you know, you just brainstorm your ideas and you get to work out the whole time and enjoy the lake. And yeah, no complaints. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've done it seven times now. So um, sometimes I forget. But the learning that, ha- that happens during this is ridiculous. Mm. Um, for someone as a rehab professional who works with crossfit athletes and some olympic lifters and some gymnastic stuff not anywhere near as much as tilly it's amazing to learn all the biomechanics and the greatest coaches out there talking about how you should lift how you should do these skills um great for rehab it's awesome that's awesome and you guys do some educational stuff with that like so where do they find that power monkey fitness Mm -hmm. like what's the website powermonkeyfitness.com is their main page and then their youtube channel is just like loaded with stuff and we actually spent probably like five hours filming like longer sections of like me and Chad breaking down squat and cleans, and then Dan and Mike working down like you know snatches and stuff, and then we went to a huge like Q and A discussion and love it. Everything. Sweet. Jojo Coppolo, Coppolo, <laughs> Jojo Coppolo, 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 Jojo, Jojo Coppolo sounds better. Jojo Coppolo, Jojo Coppolo. The problem is the nickname. I know your name. It's just it doesn't go well with the nickname. But anyway, should you change your name or should we change your nickname? Not change your name. All right. I think people want to hear a question. Let's let's do this. All right. Bryce from Colorado. How do you encourage an undergrad kinesiology student planning on going to PT school who is interning at my SFMA-focused chiropractic practice? She's getting mocked by a friend who goes to PT school. All right. Interesting. Okay, so... Questions from a chiropractor that has a PT student in the clinic with them, and some of her PT student friends are mocking her. That's a strong word. Wow. Bull, that's bullying. Like bullying. That's bullying. Yeah, I think we should alert the university. Not that. Not that. That's a. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, there is something. Oh, there is. <laughs> 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 we have a question similar to us. Um, that yeah. episode yeah. didn't. <laughs> you don't remember this? <laughs> 
So anyway, I, I mean, <laughs> all right. So, uh, so, uh, but yeah, her PT friend is mocking her, which is I, I just I just think that's ridiculous. I mean, there's I mean, as a physical therapist, I think there's so much we can learn from other professions, including chiropractors. That I, I think it's insane that that they would get mocked for that. So, um, I, I, heck, I actually think sometimes we learn more by going to other professions. So, yeah, I, I don't think, know what like, do you guys all, think. Like all professions, it's <coughs> some good, some bad. But if she's having a great experience with this chiropractor, then more power to her. She's going to just be able to put that information in the back of her head and, and dive into it someday when she needs it. So, you know, hopefully she has a good experience and I, I support it. Yeah, I, let, let her mock her friends in a couple of years when she yeah. knows more than them. Exactly. Right? I've learned a ton from chiropractors. I mean, like I said, there's good ones, bad ones in every profession, in every part yeah, of medical. So. Mechanics, yeah. doctors, yeah. whatever. Mechanics? You've Move learned, on. You've learned a lot from mechanics? Like biomechanics? Or no, more I just like mean like bad mechanics. Bad professions. Oh, everything. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were saying you no, learned like from mechanics. If you learn to change somebody's the oil, then you learn to like, you know, do some soft tissue <laughs> on a cat. It's the same thing, no? Right. Jojo Coppola. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to question number two. All right, but I, no, but to summarize, we kind of went over quick like that. Yeah. Um, you know, good for you for taking PT students and good for that PT student for going to work with you. Um, I, I, you know, I, just give them a great education. And I think for the PT students out there, have a, have a more open mind. I think that's ridiculous that you, yeah. you you mock people for that. So, anyway, JoJo. All right, Mallory from Buffalo, New York, baby. Hey guys, I currently work in a privately owned orthopedic outpatient clinic, and I see three to four patients an hour. I'm an excellent multitasker, but as you can imagine, my care at times can vary. I have a coworker who is vehement about changing our profession and views our clinic as the very thing that is wrong with it. I have mixed feelings and want to know where you see the future of our profession moving. What do you feel like needs to change? This is a good question. We get this a lot. All right, so high-paced, high-paced uh, clinic. We talk about this a lot, but what, what do you, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think we've all had experience in the higher volume setting. That's you know overwhelming for the PT, and it also feels kind of frustrating sometimes for the client itself. And I think that personally, I think that we're going to see a large shift away from that kind of idea to more of a, you know patient-centered model where you spend more time with them. And I think insurance companies hopefully will come around to realize that that's how the best care is delivered. That's how you get better faster in the long run and you probably spend way more money you know, in that busy clinic where you can't really give someone the attention they you know, need and kind of deserve, to be honest. So I think that as we see that shift over more, I hope that insurance companies come around, but I personally think that that's kind of the best model for our, our well-being as longevity as therapists and not burn out, but also clients to get better. What do you guys think? Do you think insurance companies are going to change? No. Unfortunately, I think uh, it's probably going to get a lot worse before it gets better. You know, we've seen this in other professions. My wife's a family medicine physician. She gets 15 minutes with a patient. A lot of times they're double, triple booked, right? So it's, it's even worse for other professionals, and they've got way more important problems. She has someone coming with low back pain and congestive heart failure and trying to fix all those at once, right? In 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, plus you don't see those patients as frequently. So for us, I think... Um, we're a little bit more entitled. We have the ability to see people for longer, and obviously we feel that's better. We've, we've come to a practice like this so we can treat people a bit better. Um, but I do think it's probably going to get worse before it gets better, and, and insurance companies have been paying less and less, so that's been the trend. Yeah, it's, I, I feel like as a profession, we have one or two directions. I mean, the insurance model is fine, right? But I think maybe we have to evolve to where there's insurance-based clinics for people that either don't value physical therapy or don't have enough financial means or, you know, they, they do get something. There is a baseline for physical therapy, and maybe that's what the high-volume clinics are. Um, and then there's a market opportunity, though, for some cash-based stuff for people that value it and that want to go above and beyond, just like anything else. If you want to get your nails done, if you want to get a massage, 
if you want to get a haircut, you ain't going to pay for that. You know, so maybe we have to change the profession by just saying that we need to be more valuable to our to our our people, right? And maybe that's the future. But um, heck, I don't know. I mean, that, that that's what we're doing at Champion. I mean, our clients that come in here are people that value us and value the extra care that they're getting, or the better care, or the more attention that they're getting, more than anything more else. Care, I think is also yeah. Absolutely. Right. With less visits. That's not true. But uh, I think uh, one takeaway from this is just use your experience uh, as a positive and try to spin it that way that you're seeing a ton of people, you're seeing a ton of people at once, your time management skills are going to improve, the amount of uh, patient information database that you keep in your head that you can use later on for other, other clients you're going to see. Um, I think that's just all going to be valuable in three, four, five years when you have somebody present to you with weird knee pain or weird shoulder pain, they go, wait, I had somebody three years ago, some, something similar, and then you know something sparks in your head that it, it opens up this can of worms of information for you. So just use this experience positively, you know, use them for CEUs, and then move on eventually. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's not that this is this is awful for our profession. It's more that that this is you know just part of our profession, and there's there's other you know variations. You can get a haircut for ten bucks, or you can get a haircut for a hundred bucks, right? There's there's difference in in that whole process. So, yeah. Jojo, Bjornar from Norway. Hey, what's your opinion? Counterforce bracing for tennis elbow and construction workers. Just as good with chronic elbows, like over a couple of years type chronic, and would it be beneficial to wear such a brace for a whole work day? Have a good one, guys. Lots of love for your show. All right, so I'll answer this quickly with the research. Research shows that by wearing these counterforce braces, if you actually look at it for lateral epicondylitis, or I guess medial too, uh, studies, I think there's some conflicting data in the literature, right? Probably just because it's a, sometimes it's a junk diagnosis, and we're just throwing something at a broad diagnosis. But more importantly, what's been found is that people have uh, higher grip strength. So people with epicondylitis that wear it have higher grip strength while wearing it. So higher... Uh, pain-free grip strength, too, I think is an important concept. So to answer your question about should you wear it all day at work, yeah, if you're a manual laborer, why not? I mean, it's not a crutch, right? They're not going to, you know, do anything. But, you know, if you think conceptually of how a uh, counterforce brace works, right, it's very similar to a guitar. <laughs> but, you know, but, you know, the concept of the counterforce brace is that you put pressure on the, you know, tendon or muscle tendinous unit, and then it relieves some pressure from that distally. Like, so it would be very much like fretting a guitar, you know, that we talked about a little bit. I talked about this on my website at one point. You know, is, is you, you have a, a change in uh, the amount of stress on that area distally because uh, of the counterforce bracing. So there's studies that show, you know, 15 to 20% increase in grip strength. To me, that's a definitive reason to use it, and, and why not? Uh, it's not a treatment, right? It's just a way to get them through their job, right? Nice. Awesome. 60% of the time, it works every time. I like that. On that note, thanks. Thanks for everything. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, head on over to MikeReynolds.com. Click the link to the podcast. Ask us some awesome questions. Go to iTunes and subscribe and review, and we will see you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeReynolds.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. 
And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.